0: Good morning. My wife Teresa and I just got back from Anaheim this past week after attending the LA Religious Ed Congress, where over 35,000 Catholics and Christians gather each year to pray, to sing, to listen, and to see the church alive with a new set of eyes. Actually, that was the theme to this year's Congress to see. For scripture is filled with many references about our need to see differently. And remark's healing of the blind man. Jesus laid his hands in the blind man's eye, and his sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. And the conversion of Paul found an axe and immediately something like scales fell from his eyes, and he regained his sight. And one of my favorites from The Road to Emmaus by Luke, when he was at table with them, he took the bread blessed it, broke it, and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. So as we come into the final weeks of our Lenten journey, my question to you is, how well do you see Christ in your life? Unfortunately, I think many people miss the opening line of this week's gospel, which starts out by saying, Some Greeks came to worship at the Passover feast, And they asked to see Jesus. See, Greeks were Gentiles, not Jews. Thus, their reason to celebrate this feast had to be their attraction to this rabbi, Jesus. For the query seems to be more than just star-crazed Gentiles looking to get a glimpse of Jesus, but rather a desire to really know who Jesus is, to know how to follow Jesus, and to know what it means to see like Jesus. And while some of the commentaries on this passage say that Jesus ignored the Greeks, actually, I think it's just the opposite. Jesus' answer is quick and to the point. You want to see what it means to be like me? The seed must die in order to produce fruit. In other words, by following Christ, we must experience daily dying. And we will get it wrong, and we will take two steps forward, and we will move backwards and false assumptions will be exposed, the false self will die, and then the lens through which we see humanity and see God hopefully will change, allowing us to see in a new way. This past month, I had the opportunity to hear Tim Shriver give a talk about his spiritual journey and his work as CEO of Special Olympics. As you probably know, his mother was Eunice Kennedy Shriver, and whose concern about children who were intellectually disabled created in her a deep desire to learn what these children could do in sports and other activities versus just dwelling on what they couldn't do. So what began in 1962 is Camp Shriver with 50 kids in her backyard has now grown to be the world's largest sports organization for children and adults with intellectual disabilities provides year-round training and competitions for more than 4 million athletes in 170 countries. In his talk, Tim told us this following story. It was July 1995, and the dilapidated Yale Bowl was the venue for the Special Olympic World Games. And for the first time in history, the President of the United States was going to attend The Secret Service had already determined that the Yale Bowl was too porous in order to provide protection for the president on the field. So the decision was made to get the president there and then put him at the top of the Yale Bowl where they could put a perimeter around him and then he could go ahead and um, watch the gains and preside from the top. Tim recounts in his book, Fully Alive, Discovering What Matters Most, which if you haven't bought it yet, you should. And this is what he said. For most of them, the experience of parading into that stadium must have seemed surreal. Coming as they did from institutions and isolated classrooms and lonely corners of despair in villages and towns around the world, most of them would never have been applauded for anything before. They were society's outcasts. Over and over in countless languages, they each would have heard Retard. Defective. Sick. And maybe worst of all, invalid or invalid. Success experiences were non-existent. But this crowd roared as they came into the stadium. And the president was in attendance and the Yale Bowl came to life. Prior to the event, the athletes were each given one of those disposable cameras to carry with them so they should be able to capture the moments as they came into the stadium. As the ceremony was in full swing, a professional photographer saw a group of athletes. They were dressed in African garb over to the side. He saw they had their disposable cameras up, but he quickly realized that they had the cameras backwards. The lenses were flush against their noses as they looked through the viewfinders, and he concluded they must have never used cameras before. So as Clinton was giving his welcoming address, the photographer cut through the crowds and he made his way to these athletes in order to help them before they wasted all their pictures. Assuming they did not know English, he motioned to them in order to get a picture of Clinton that they needed to flip the camera around. In response to his advice, one athlete, in perfect English, thanked the photographer and said, but may I show you something? If you turn the camera around and hold your eye up to the viewfinder and look backward, it works as a telescope, and you can see the President clearly. So we're using these little cameras so we can get a good view of the President. Thanks for helping us, but backwards, and it still works. Can you imagine the face of the photographer as he looked into the eyes of this young athlete who just opened his eyes in a new way by telling him, the camera works in reverse. The eyesight of this man was changed forever. The lens to which he sees the world was modified to where he no longer saw a disabled person, but one who is rather very capable in a way that he did not see. Labels that we all commonly attach to those different from us. They were removed, and this photographer saw with new and unassuming eyes. Backwards. And it still works. In other words, to use the gospel language we just heard, a grain of wheat needed to die. A part of that photographer had to perish. The part that judges others, the part that feeds the ego, the part that blocks us from seeing. Part of our Lenten journey is about learning to see God in our daily lives and how to better understand and appreciate God's inner dwelling. But it requires a new way of seeing, for we're all different. We're all disabled in some fashion. We all have labels given to us by others and ourselves. Labels that hold us back, labels which limit who we are, and labels we must shed by seeing in a new way backwards, and it still works. But it requires us to let go of our past mistakes, of allowing the grain of wheat to die, and living a daily life of death and resurrection. The first reading tells us God's promise to always be our God, no matter how much we screw it up. But God forgets our sins and promises a new beginning, time and time again. So as we head into the end of this Lenten season, may you remember that part of life is a daily dying to oneself. And may your eyes be open to see in a new way all the blessings that we each have. And may you never forget that in the eyes of God, as different and broken as each of us may be, backwards, and it still works.